Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. But people have been intrigued by murder for hundreds of years, and it's not as brutal as a public hanging. Creepy like a Sunday morning. I've picked I've picked a sort of Halloween-y one this week, but I didn't mean to. I've been meaning to do this story for absolutely ages, partly because I joined a Facebook group about this. And Ooh, down with the kids. And then I watched, um, last night I went around my mum's house and we watched True Horror. Have you heard of it? Channel 4. No. It's, I think it's a fake documentary that's a horror film, like a horror story where they have reenactments. And it was fucking scary, but clearly incredibly fake as well. So this made me think of this, even though they're not really related, but... It was a creepy house in the country, which is where this is set. So this is the story of the Pendle Witches or the Pendle Hill Witches, depending who you're talking to. But it is the most famous witch trial in British history. I thought it was a bit different. Yeah. So a bit of background. James I was on the throne. You'll know a lot more about this than me because you teach primary history. <laughs> First of England, sixth of Scotland. Yeah. So he'd come down from Scotland and he was Protestant and he was really worried about the Catholic threat. And recently there'd been obviously the gunpowder plot, which was foiled. Um, But he was really nervous about that. And he... Well, his mum had been beheaded. Yeah, he was... Like, times are hard. Yeah. Um, So he was... He was concerned about the threat of witches quite a lot and the links to Catholicism as well. So in 1612, Jeanette Devis um, was a nine-year-old who lived at her grandmother's house called Mulkin Tower in Lancashire. Um, and it's sometimes called Muckin Tower, which basically means like shit tower or poop oh. tower. <laughs> Would it have been like when people had... Um... Oh, God, what were they called? Like, when you'd have a castle with, like, walls around it and everyone would just throw their rubbish into one of those huge piles. Mm. So if you go to, like historical sites now you can see like the huge mounds and that would have been like basically a rubbish mound that's what pendle hill was it was a hill of no it wasn't um i think it was just a little house but it was called tower um they weren't rich in fact they were incredibly poor they basically were beggars but also Jeanette's gran who was also known as dem dem dyke um, she was known as a cunning woman at the time. Ooh, not it, cunning enough to, <laughs> to you know, get out death. of poverty, but yeah. fine. So she was a semi-professional uh, practitioner of magic and cunning women were, and you could have cunning folk as well. Let's not be sexist. Oh, as like a label. Like yeah, like cunning the, folk. That's the job, yeah. 
And basically they would use magic against witchcraft. They would maybe help catch criminals. They would tell fortunes. They'd heal people. They might match make. So these sort of were the local social worker slash police, (laughs) like sort of... Solve your problems with magic. Yeah, a role in in the village. I Um, mean, prior to that, it was solve your problems with religion, which wasn't too different, is it? Yeah. Still say some magic words and hope that it'll get better yeah so like more of a white witch more of a good person with magic who would help you against the sort of bad witches they were often catholic but some believe they were in cahoots with the devil but generally pretty positive in the community self-appointed obviously not really legitimately got any authority a bit like um what's those fake policemen the specials the community support officers like community support officers you've got to appreciate a community support officer they do a lot of shitty jobs like in their (laughs) own time yeah so Jeanette lived in a total female household no men there at all Um, her mother's husband had died but she was illegitimate anyway and she was very much aware of this so she was a bastard child and she's I think she felt a little bit sort of left out by that and the Devises, um, her family, also had a neighbour that they believed was a proper witch of the bad kind called Anne Whittle, and she was known as Chattox. Now, Jeanette's mother um, and father had paid Chattox in oatmeal every year, and it's documented that they paid them, but it's not documented why. And it's considered that maybe they were scared of her witchiness and they were sort of buying her off. But with porridge? <laughs> yeah, with, well, that's, that's good food i always think that's weird when someone says oh they paid them in this i'm sure we you met, we did a story before where you said someone was paid in vodka and i'm like you have to spend money to buy the thing yeah. you're paying them with i suppose with the oats maybe they they had grown it, yeah. them themselves maybe they grown the vodka just themselves. sell your oats and then pay her in money pay me in actual mm. cash yeah but the one year that they didn't give her this oatmeal is when the the father died Ooh. so you know iffy so in 1612 Jeanette's sister Alison Devis was out walking and being a beggar she met a peddler called John Law who's it's so romantic isn't it yeah beggars and peddlers and cunning and like let's have a jester at some point a highwayman (laughs) like I just love that nobody's job is legitimate I love how you think it's really romantic but they're all just murdering and raping each other from all accounts like there wasn't much safety like, this is a small child. Well, she's an early teenager just wandering around talking to men. That's never safe. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he said no. He was called John Law. And a peddler is basically someone who sells a bit of old tat and does odd jobs. So a bit like a handyman. Um, and she was annoyed that he'd ignored her. So she cursed him. And as soon as she sort of uttered the curse, he fell to the floor. And he had to be carried to a local inn completely like he couldn't walk he'd gone uh, he wasn't dead she completely shut herself she was like oh, fuck. <laughs> it worked. and went to his bedside begging forgiveness now it's documented in the record what he was like so it said that he was disorientated his face looked deformed his speech was affected so he probably had a stroke and it just yeah. so happened that it was just after she'd met him so it's completely coincidental that does sound strokey yeah so John Law and his relatives contacted the local law enforcement and Justice of the Peace Roger Noel took a statement. Now, this guy was keen to 
become a bit on the radar to impress the king, impress the people in charge, um, knowing that the king was scared of witches and and had quite strict rules about witchcraft and wanted to rid the country of both Catholics and witches. He sort of um, pr- wanted to make his name here. Have I to- have I told you where this comes from? Um, right I watched a documentary called a Pendle Witch documentary that was on YouTube and I also looked at a book called the Lancashire Witches Histories and Stories Um, so if you're looking for more about this don't bother now because I've told you everything (laughs) but that's where I've got all this information from okay and the two like corroborate each other quite well so Roger Noel um, turned up and he took um, Alison's statement where she basically said yes I did curse him and I feel really bad and I feel awful and I wish I could take it back he also spoke to her mother Elizabeth um, Davis um, who denied anything and Chattox so this local witchy woman right so 4th of April Roger Noel had Chattox her daughter and then Alison and her grandmother um what was her name dum 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 dyke dum dyke dum dyke so he had them all taken to prison in lancaster castle to await trial for being witches so basically trying to brown nose the king a bit um and be like i've caught some um so after this there was a gathering that began at at malkin or muckin tower And it was spread around that this was a gathering of witches to discuss revenge for the arrest of the other women. Or just angry women. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more likely it's a bunch of pissed off women, say, having a gossip. Yeah, Um, how dare they? Or maybe... They've just arrested this old woman, these children, for no reason. Or maybe trying to come up with a plan We're not standing for for this. I mean, they've got the rest of the family to look after. Elizabeth's still there with Jeanette and James, her brother. But they were... yeah, obviously you're going to get together to talk about it. Yeah, if you're a pissed off woman then, you'd be a witch. If you're a pissed <laughs> off woman now, you're a feminazi. Like, okay. We're just not allowed to be angry. Yeah. So they were allegedly planning to blow up Lancaster Castle. I mean, these are beggars. Where are they going to get any kind of explosives? I'm sure um, they could do something with like cow dung. And is that not used in some... Can you not use like manure to make an explosive? Uh, I'm, I've never tried. Like a bit of cesium laying around. I mean, they'd need a book, for one. How to. How? We were talking about how to, weren't we? I loved how to. How for now. That is how for now. And they so they wanted to blow up Lancaster Castle, apparently, then murder the jailer and free the witches. So... I always wonder how you do damage to a castle. You know, like when you go visit a castle, like, oh, it burnt down in the 17th. How does stone burn down? I never understood that. I think they... Wouldn't it just look the same, but black? Yeah. But no, they crumble to pieces. Maybe the the mortar is a bit... Don't they use, like... Wattle and daubed a whole castle. (laughs) Like, um... Like corn. Straw. In the mortar. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe it, like, tumbled. Yeah. Hmm we're solving crimes here <laughs> so roger Nell showed up at this sort of group of women meeting up and he just goes in and arrests everyone there like I've, oh, caught, I've got the lot of you talking to each other are you yeah <laughs> and not on my watch and basically anyone that someone there said oh you do you know you've just missed do you know who's just gone he arrested them as well <gasps> so you could just stitch anyone up so now he had 12 people locked up because he added the eight to the four. And they were all 
kept in Lancaster prison. So Jeanette Davis wasn't arrested, even though she had been there, maybe because she was nine years old. Or maybe because she, like, disapparated. <laughs> yeah. Using her witchy powers. But her brother had been arrested and her mother had been arrested. So she's basically sort of left on her own now. Some of the people... Oh, yeah, and they, don't they think the witches only cut, like, you only become witchy after you've had your period or something? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But, um... Also, it wasn't just sort of these begging families. There were some quite good families as well. So there were some of the Nutter family, which was a lot of Nutters in Lancaster. Um, And they were a strong Catholic family. And they had relatives who'd been priests as well, who had been hung, drawn and quartered by the Protestants. So I think um, Noel kind of thought, They probably want revenge anyway. A few Catholics thrown in isn't going to harm anything. So the 12 were held in a really small cell all together, along with another random eight other prisoners. So they're all just shoved in this little room to wait trial. Now, Jeanette was living probably with a neighbour or um, some cousin or something like that. Someone had to be looking after her. She's nine years old. Um, So she's kind of out there. But she's quite vulnerable at this stage. Now, the king yeah. considered witchcraft treason, but he also allowed children to testify in court. So basically, children could go around accusing adults of witchcraft and be taken very, very seriously. You would have done that as a kid, wouldn't you? How many teachers? Teachers, yeah, definitely. Would be end up in prison. So Thomas Potts, clerk to the court, documented the 1612 witch trials. And that's why we've got so much information on there. So he was basically in there writing everything down, but he published everything as well as his own sort of thoughts on it. Uh, again trying to get in with the king trying to be known as one of his supporters oh have you read my blog it's very (laughs) complimentary about the monarchy yeah it was basically an oldie blog um but it does give us loads of detail about this case so in 18th august 1612 the trial began and two judges and a jury and the witnesses were there as well as those who were accused now normally when there was a trial for witchcraft about 75% of people would be found innocent. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised at that because I thought it was literally, she's a witch, has has she got a vagina? Yes, send her down. Yeah, because how can you prove, in the same way that you can't really prove that they did do it, how do you prove that they didn't do it? I think, I guess if there wasn't any obvious proof or witnesses, then they would kind of let them go. But within this case, they all turned on each other and they all started admitting things so it started with well, they've been stuck in that fucking cell together yeah. for days like you'd want to see a few of them hang <laughs> so alison devis basically she was mortified she totally blamed herself she was really upset and she and when she was asked can you you know can you make john law go back to how he was can you cure him with your witchcraft because you've put this curse on him obviously she can't cure um, a stroke with mm. goodwill. So she said no, but maybe Demdike can. But then Demdike died oh, in the prison. Oh, because she was like, oh, Demdike is a witch, but oh, and she's dead now. And she died in the prison. So then Alison's absolutely mortified. She thinks she's ruined this guy's life. So um, she openly admitted witchcraft and was very regretful. Uh, however, her mother Elizabeth denied everything. And Thomas Potts is not very complimentary about how she looked either. Apparently, she was a munter. Um, Mm. 
which probably didn't help. And then Jeanette was brought in to testify and her mother starts screaming at her in the middle of the court, probably because she thinks, what are you doing turning on your family? So Jeanette refuses to speak while her mother's there and then her mother gets taken out and Jeanette is put on a table, although some accounts say that she climbed on the table herself and she quite calmly tells the court that her mother was a witch and that... um, the witches meeting was a witches meeting that her mother told them that her that everyone there were witches um and about other things that had happened people she'd seen there um but there is this kind of god maybe they did i used to tell some of the kids that i was a witch well maybe they did (laughs) you know like because we'd be reading like the witches by roald dahl and they're like oh (laughs) you wear gloves yeah in the winter i wear gloves you see my hands like oh your eyes are a little bit weird yeah okay fine (laughs) they definitely believe i was a witch yeah maybe (laughs) you're just saying like oh you can't come because we're talking about evil things well i think they did think they were witches but because they were these cunning women weren't they which are good witches oh okay so i think i think they truly believed damdite was a witch and that they could do witchy things as well got it but i think i think jeanette was encouraged heavily to stitch them up um some people say that it's almost like she was saying lines that she'd been given so it's very easy and also the king had written a book about um courts and how to go about courts and he had sort of said if there's a child giving testimony in a witch trial then that's fine and it's almost like they've gone right well let's find a child and she can give testimony Mm. and the scandal of it being the the woman on trial's daughter is pretty sensational she wouldn't she wouldn't throw her under the bus unless it was true i guess she was really easily corrupted too if you're a nine-year-old on your own now she's a nine-year-old if you tell them like he's a bastard child so Phil's not really quite part of the family anyway. Yeah. And if they're saying to her, like, oh, well, if you don't tell the truth, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. She's got no safety net to feel, yeah. like, you know, secure. Yeah. And like, oh, I can do the right thing. She obviously thinks she's they've got to do it. They've got more money. They can buy her things, give her things. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So Jeanette's brother, James, also testified against his mother. Um, but Jeanette then also accused her brother of being a witch and said that he'd killed three people with his witchy aura. So not like literally stabbed them. He'd just been a, been a witch and they died. Basically. Just his teenage boy B.O. <laughs> so Jeanette repeated chants that her brother had used to curse people, which were all transcribed by Thomas Potts so you can read exactly what she said. But later analysis done by people shows it's sort of a muddle of prayers that she would have heard, rhymes, songs that she would have known that put together do sound pretty creepy. Uh, But it's just a kid probably coming up with lines from Boy's Own. Like ring a ring of roses, (laughs) a pox upon your noses. Yeah. So... She was probably pressured. She was probably upset that she was a bastard child. And she probably was enjoying the attention to an extent. She's nine years old. So she was also led. They'd get all the prisoners out of the castle. They put them in a big line. And they took Jeanette along. And if she picked one out, they sort of said, right, okay, so that's a witch. So she would pick out people who were apparently at this um, meeting before everyone was arrested. And to see if she was being truthful, they made up a name and said, do you know this woman? And she said, no, I've never heard of her. So oh. it's even more credible that she was telling the truth. 
There were also other accusations that weren't made by Jeanette. So her sister Alison accused Chattox of murdering four men with witchcraft, including her father, which they did sort of believe, didn't they? That he didn't give her the oatmeal yeah, and then he true. died. And that um, and witnesses said they'd seen some of the accused making clay figures, which were also associated with witchcraft as well. So nine of the 12 were found guilty of causing death and harm by witchcraft and that included one of the nutters so that was quite a well-to-do family yeah and and all of Jeanette's family there's still on the documentary they still went and um there's still the nutter family in Lancaster and still went over and went over and talked to them about what had happened and they were like haha lots of nutters around here oh no. my god they must be sick of that joke yeah right and they were all taken to Gallows Hill like each of them was led out and they had to climb these steps. They put a noose around their neck and then they, I think they probably pushed them rather than jumping. Because it wasn't actually that high, they slowly strangled instead of their neck breaking. So people, the family oh. would come and pull on their legs <gasps> to try and make it faster. Oh, okay. I think yeah. they just like tease them a bit. <laughs> no. <laughs> they weren't like a hugging mobile to play with. Like they were more like let's try and give them some mercy yeah um so news of the witch trial spread across england and even though legally children under 14 shouldn't have been allowed in court to testify because they were unreliable witnesses as Jeanette had done it and her brother had done it they sort of used that as um oh it's opportunity. Set a precedent. yeah for if it's a witch trial or if it's treason we're going to accept the testimony of children they started to allow children into court in cases of witchcraft. Now, this all turns pretty full circle because Jeanette has some more experiences. So, 20- well, they're not going to be, they, she's going to be on a list now. They're like, oh, all your family turned out to be witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, as if they're going to let her yeah. get away scot free. <laughs> Any foot wrong. And it's like, well, we knew you were witchy. Yeah, true. Um, so, 1633, 23 years later, a 10-year-old boy called Edmund from around the same area that Jeanette had been from. He came back from picking berries and he told his parents what had happened to him. He was he was late and he was scruffy. Way up. So he said, I saw two greyhounds and I tried to get the greyhound. It already sounds bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two? Like, why are you in a mess? Well, some dogs came and... Mm, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these two greyhounds... Uh, he wanted them to chase uh, a squirrel or something. And because they didn't run, he started to beat them with a stick. Little shit. And then he said one turned into a boy and the other turned into a witch. <laughs> Great. So he basically beat up a couple of kids. And then after as well, they used to be dogs. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> so then he said that the witch turned the boy into a horse. And then she pulled Edmund and herself got on the horse and then she rode with Edmund to a house where it was full of witches and amazing food on ropes so when you pulled the rope the food came down and he said he'd been really freaked out he was really scared so he'd run off and the witch had chased him and on his way back he'd met a boy with hooves who he'd had a fight with and that's why he was so scruffy oh dear god I mean what he's had a fight what are these berries he's eating (laughs) yeah that's true 
that's my first question. He's just been up to no good and he made up some bullshit story to cover for it. I think if I talk long enough, yeah. eventually they'll just go, oh, I don't give a shit. Because that's what happens. If a child talks for long enough, I'll go, I don't actually care yeah, about the story just anymore. I'll just go stop. away. Yeah. Um, so his family believed him. I mean, anything not to discipline your own children, eh? And um, he was taken to the church and there he accused 20 people of being witches, including a Jeanette Devis. So she has been... Accused. This kid is such a shitbag. Even if his story's true, he still hit a dog with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't do exactly what he wanted it to. So in a best case scenario for him, he's a massive bell end. Yeah. But it's funny how it's come full circle that she, by her testimony, she got people hanged and then suddenly she finds herself in exactly the same situation from a child's testimony. Mm. So by this time, James I had hanged nine women previously after the Pendle Hill witches, but right. before this time, um, because they'd been accused of witchcraft by a boy. And then this boy had later been questioned and said that he'd been lying. <gasps> so everyone had been like, fuck, that's pretty bad. Oh, so maybe they won't believe this So kid. people had started to be a little bit more careful. And so by the time that Jeanette was arrested, Charles was on the throne and the precedent wasn't just believe anything that everyone says. It was more, let's be a bit more careful and a bit more reasonable and let's look for some evidence. So of the 20 at trial, 17 were found guilty because the jury clearly weren't bothered about logic and reason. <laughs> but because the child was a witness, they didn't go, right, let's hang them straight away. They, they said, let's look into this more. So most of them remained locked in a cramped cell, including Jeanette's. And they awaited further investigation. And four were sent to London to be sort of questioned to see if it is likely that they are actually witches. But what they did at the time as well, which I think is quite funny, that these this group of people made a play out of Edmund's story. And is it, it The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe? No, it's literally... Sounds really Two greyhounds, one got hit, turned into a boy and a witch... The one turned into a horse. Um, and um, I mean, they must have been struggling for material. I was gonna, yeah. But you could, like, if you lived in London, you could go and stare at these four women in the cell who've been accused of witchcraft and then go see the play in the afternoon. So it'd be quite a nice day out. Due to there being no physical evidence that the 17 witches were witches, Edmund was questioned more heavily and they put a lot of pressure on him. Because all 20 of these women would be like, I've never met this fucking boy I don't live in a house with food ropes. Like, <laughs> done. So he cracked. He broke under the pressure. And I think if Jeanette had been put under pressure in the same way, she might have been a bit more reasonable. He'd, be, he'd said to the court that he'd been told to accuse others of witchcraft as blackmail um, by his father. So his father wanted things off people. And if they didn't give them to him, he said, well, my kid's going to accuse you of witchcraft. So it's uh, all thinking that plan. yeah they will believe kids yeah and I think uh. it, I think some others have just got caught up into it that at church he just gone yeah you and you don't like your face that kind of thing so they were all let go good yeah um quite rightly so from then there's still quite a lot of interest in the Pendle witches um and it's reported 
so I looked up and there was a article about how during a construction project in Lancashire they'd actually unearthed um an old cottage that they said probably belonged to one of the Pendle Hill witches and they even found a cat skeleton there was it on a rope uh no oh. it was in a wall um I'm just really intrigued by this food rope idea because I would love it. Like that's the house I want to live in. We're like a living living room. Not even a bell for food. No, like the food's attached. Just I'm on a chaise long in the middle of the room, surround and within my reach are about twenty different ropes, and just when I pull it, food dangles into my mouth. That's what it was describing. Sounds amazing. Um, You can also do Pendle Hill ghost tours. Um, and there was a photograph, I'll put it on Instagram, um, of a, one of the witches had been caught on camera. Um, and then someone thought they'd photographed Jeanette as well. Uh, it looked like double exposure to me. There's the Facebook group that you can join. Um, so Pendle Hill Witches. Um, and they have up-to-date sort of things about what's going on in Pendle Hill. Um, and then they did a Most Haunted Live on it as well. Which oh, I tried nice. to watch, but it's a lot of people asking questions and then screaming. Uh, which I thought isn't worth my time so do you want the answer or not because when I'm trying to tell you you just scream yeah pretty much since 2013 Bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm going to tell you the story about the fox. Now, you did a tale about someone who had a pseudonym of the fox, too. So I panicked and I'd... Okay, I won't do this then. But actually, there's just another guy called the fox. Unless I really haven't listened to shit. Now I'm starting (laughs) to panic and think I really haven't listened. No, I I haven't. I can't remember who the fuck the fox was anyway. If it's a repeat... It's not a repeat. I know it's not. (laughs) But this guy was known as the fox... For, I mean, I don't... Why would you assume that someone was called a fox? Because they're fit. Fit? Yeah, like, he's a fox. Oh, that never crossed my mind. Oh, yeah, true. Like Such a fox. See, I thought it would be, like, because they were hairy or they were ginger or something, but apparently... tail. Yeah, like, one of those butt plugs that's got a tail on the end. Like, you could have had that anything. I listened to a podcast about that recently. They're talking about fairies 
and then how she'd had like a butt plug with her tail on and they'd used real fur which I don't Ooh. think is hygienic or ethical no like you can definitely have a butt plug tail if you want but don't make it out of a real animal guys we anyway th- but there, this guy apparently it broke into one house and made a little like blanket fort in the middle of the room like pulled the pushed the furniture around put a blanket over it and made like a lair like a little fox den Home. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't need to. You also got bored waiting for someone to attack and thought, <laughs> "I'll make a little den." Um, so, so weird. That's the bizarre part. But it was quite terrifying. In 1984, there was a series of violent sexual attacks that took place in what police and newspapers began to call the rape triangle. Fucking hell. Yeah. Rape triangle. I wouldn't That's trip advise it. Like <laughs> teaching your children. Yeah. Isosceles equal actual <laughs> rape. Um, but it was around the area of Leighton Buzzard, Cheddington, Edelsborough. And people in the surrounding areas grew more and more scared with each reported attack. And it's said that many people would start, took the precaution of like barricading their homes. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Cambridge rapist that we did yeah. quite a long time ago, where you would just be... You'd just be like, this could actually happen. It'd be absolutely terrifying. And because there was quite a lot in the same area, it was like, you felt like you were going to be targeted. And for the number of um, attacks that I'll talk about, there were also others where he went to a house and was frightened by dogs or went to a house and no one was in. So there's more cases where he tried to break into houses than he actually managed. Get a dog. Everyone get a dog. Um, he was obviously very good at this breaking. He was, as well as being making his weird little lair one time, he was obviously the creeping around, and he was able to get into the houses almost silently to either wait for people or surprise them in bed. Oh like my he was God. very good at getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that maybe another good name though could have been like a hamster. Like they're nocturnal and make little dens. Have you seen that Black Mirror where? The hamster at the end is like the key to the whole crime. Oh, I can't remember. It's the one with the machine that can see your memory. Oh, yeah, and the hamster's seen everything. Yeah. Yeah. What would it, a hamster's memory, though, is not going to be... And a hamster wouldn't stand and stare at you anyway. A hamster would go and... A hamster... Hamsters are never around when you want him. Well, neither this guy. Also, it's thought that afterwards... Um, when he was eventually apprehended and questioned, that one of the reasons that for these violent, sexually fueled attacks was that he had this feeling of inferiority regarding his penis. Fuck he off. thought he had a small penis and he was going to force... I always think that's funny. Like, if you really are worried about your penis... Like, because there's been other serial killers and serial rapists who have been impotent or mm. had were had a small dick or something like if you think your dick's that bad why are you then like so i'm going to force it on people yeah so you think hide it away don't rape anyone if you're really bothered about it yeah that's some really fucked up logic so anyway uh, one of the first major attacks died in april 11th 1984 there was a 73 year old woman who had her home broken into. And she was awoken by this intruder, stood over her bed. He was wearing large gloves that sort of came down past the wrist. So they're often referred to as gauntlets because they were 
quite big, which I find amusing. But they were quite big, hefty gloves. What's a gauntlet? It just covers your wrist, like oh. more of the wrist, basically. And uh, or like you know, like throwing down the gauntlet to yeah. challenge someone. But it's just slap a... him around the face with your gloves. Yeah. So he had these yeah. hefty gloves on. He also had a mask over his face, and he attempted to rape this woman. But she did resist, fight back. She just lay back and take it. And so he panicked and just left the house. Good. How awful for her. Yeah, horrendous for this Mm. old woman. Uh, But it just shows that already this guy is proving he's a wiener. Massively cowardly. As soon as this old woman put up a little bit of a fight, he just freaked out. But it did mean that he... It didn't put him off completely. Because from then on... He took with him a double-barreled shotgun. Oh, my God. So, May 10th, 1984, um, he, now with a shotgun, he broke into the ho- a home in Cheddington and sexually assaulted a 35-year-old man at gunpoint. He had no predilection to anything in particular. He would just break Anyone into a house. Anyone who comes across is... Yeah, and across. I assume that means that he raped this man... Um, it just says, whenever it's a man, it says sexual assault because it wasn't until 1994 that the law recognised that men could be raped. Yeah. It was just rape was defined as being like a man's dick in a vagina, mm. mouth or anus of a woman. So if ever it's a man, it just says sexually assaulted, but I'm going to pretty much assume that he just raped them yeah. too. Yeah. So 9th of June... 1984 he broke into the home of a businesswoman and his wife in Leighton Buzzard I mean a lot of the names are or in fact all of the names of the victims haven't been released because there were horrible rapes and these people just now live with that trauma so yeah you don't really want everyone to know and you don't want reporters or people writing books turning up exactly privacy don't you so this was in Leighton Buzzard. And again, he got into the house while and went to their bedside and he threatened them both at gunpoint. So this time the husband sort of like lunged towards the fox to shove the gun away. And in mm. this struggle, the gun actually went off and the husband lost one of his fingers. Oh, wow. I mean, if you're going to lose a body part... Lose a finger. I yeah. know, and he protected his wife. Oh, and God. again, because this fox is a bit of a coward well a massive coward at that point he left yeah so this husband had managed to save them from further trauma then the 6th of july so he's got quite a regular pattern i assume the police are trying yeah every time every time it's reported and the police are on his trail but there's not hasn't really been he's got this mask over his face yeah um He's able to get in at the dead of night. Yeah. No one's really... you can't patrol everywhere, can you? Yeah. No one's... And they're in these little village towns. They don't know which one. They know it's in this Mm. area. They don't know which next. So he's not... They're on the trail, but they're not coming up with much yet. Was he on foot, do you think? Um, At this point, they don't know. Okay. They're close together, so it's possible. Yeah. The 6th of July, there was a couple in Bideford Green... Um, and they were tied up after he, yet again broke in while they slept. The woman began screaming and refused to stop even at the threat of the gun. So he left. Good. I think this is a thing. As soon as 
I don't think he wants to murder a person yeah. despite the fact that he threatens them because a lot of the time he's able to be scared of. If they just scream enough, yeah. he will leave. But I wouldn't, rec- I don't know whether, I don't think Why I would recommend that as like then? a, I don't think I'd recommend that as like, oh, if someone comes in, scream, 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 because you might, you don't know, are they going to be a wiener like him or would they be someone that would go yeah. further? So it's a bit, it is a risk. And then four days later, he held another couple at gunpoint in the same area. And this time, the threat of the gun was enough to stop them from speaking out. And they were tied up using their clothes. And the woman was raped. And then he just left afterwards. That's literally all he wants. He just wants to rape people and then fuck off. July 13th, he entered a home with a shotgun where there was an 18-year-old girl. She was with her 17-year-old brother and her 21-year-old boyfriend. All three of them were attacked and raped. At this house, though, he the fox stood on a standard lamp, so a large floor lamp with a base. He stood on it and left a pretty good shoe impression mm. that police were able to use later. So it was obvious these attacks were being definitely carried out by the same man so they knew a few things about him they knew he had a northern accent very north sunderland newcastle sort of way he also had a slight stutter his mask was sort of just made from a clothing material just with eye holes cut in like just sort of plopped on his head nothing special it's not like he'd have bought it no um, most likely some sort of sleeve or trouser leg. Yeah. And they also, the victim said that they noticed that he wore a watch on his right hand, which would strongly suggest that this guy was a left-hander. And finally, they also knew that he really loved salted peanuts because a lot of people reported that when he broke into their houses, he would also steal snacks, particularly nuts. <laughs> So the police called this Operation Peanuts. Oh my God. You've got to have a dark sense of humour, I think, <laughs> to be a teacher and definitely a policeman as well. Like, find the funnies where you can. Let's call it Operation Peanuts. I think that's life. I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what it was. But it's it was talking about how in, in every dark sort of moment in history, dark there's dark humour. It's just human nature. So in August, the fox left his usual stomping grounds and had headed up north on the M1. When his identity was later revealed and he was captured, it's found that he'd done this journey because he was going to visit his mother for his 32nd birthday. And it's a long journey up north. Stopped for a rape halfway. Oh, God. So... Although this trip was going to prove horrific for the victims that were involved, this stop-off, because it was outside of his comfort area, would mean that he would make several mistakes that would lead to his capture. Yeah. So as he approached the M18 junction in South Yorkshire, he stopped at the village of Brampton. And around between like 2 and 3 a.m. in the morning, he was... So there wasn't much traffic around... And he pulled up on the hard shoulder and decided to go for it. But he was still cautious. So he thought, right, I'll back my car into the trees just off the road. Because it's a small village. And if people see a car, anyone sees that car parked on the hard shoulder at that time in the morning, they'd know it was odd. So he tried to hide it. So then he went off now with his rape kit, his shotgun, his mask, his ropes. And 
he'd approached a house that was in the process of decorating. So they had a downstairs window had been painted. And of course, these rapes had been confined to a small area. So the people in South Yorkshire probably weren't as worried. No. And so this window had been left open to let the paint dry. And he just got in really easily. Uh, once in the house, there was a 41-year-old man and his wife in bed. He again threatened to shoot if they made a sound. So he tied them and raped the woman. And they had two small children sleeping in the next room. Oh, please don't let him hurt the children. He didn't. Oh, they God. remained asleep the whole way through. Good. But just for those parents, they don't know that. Yeah. Like the intense amount of trauma that you had yeah. been going through so trying to be clever this one even creepier because the others he sort of just did his business and fucked off pretty quick this time he was like right i don't want to leave any traces behind so he got a hairbrush and brushed all of the woman's hair all of her pubes to try and make sure that none of his hair was on her Oh, but so he would have spent a long time afterwards while she's there, just oh, like brushing God. her all over. Oh, grim. Um, also, like he's destroying these people's lives. I mean, you're never going to sleep easy again and feel safe in your own home. I just think that experience. intimate bit afterwards would just yeah. almost as... It's like that horrible easy. story that I told um, of the young girl whose whole family had been murdered and then he spent the whole night there. And obviously she was just in a room with him for hours. Mm. I think, oh. and some sources did say that there was some of the houses that he went into, although he left afterwards, there were some cases where he'd break in and maybe watch TV, like you say, go through their cupboards, get snacks. He didn't yeah. seem to, he'd be hanging around. Yeah. He then, for some reason this time, he'd got a lot of jizz on the sheets, on the bed sheets. So he took out a knife and like just cut off the corner of bed sheet that he'd spunked it's very on. very scientific. And then went there couldn't be no, no jizz anywhere else, obviously. <laughs> so oh he just took the corner of bed sheet with it. He definitely wasn't... You'll get in the picture. He's not a bright guy. What does he... Like, what is his plan here? Because does he just think... Rape he's forever. He's going to carry on doing this for good. Or maybe he just doesn't give a shit about his life and caught or not caught he thought this is worth it there's definitely like this escalation of this attack he's opportunistic he's breaking anywhere it's man or woman it's old or young he just wants to feel power he wants Mm. to feel power over other people because he doesn't feel it himself he clearly doesn't feel it himself because as soon as there's any sort of struggle he gets frightened and runs off and he isn't a clever guy he is definitely below average intelligence yeah i mean this is exactly the opposite of everything i would want i feel weird talking dirty i don't want to be in charge of anything sexual i'd feel awful <laughs> i wonder what you're gonna say like being raped no i just don't want to be in charge of anything sexually no, like i I'm, yeah i just feel i'm definitely not a rapist good i'm glad we cleared that one up <laughs> um so the fox then, after this attack, he ran back to his car over the grassy fields, which in the early hours of the morning were now wet with dew. So if you're running through a wet grassy field, you're leaving like quite flat, obvious mm-hmm. footprints. Yeah. So in the daytime, when the police came to investigate, they could just follow those footprints very easily <laughs> to see where he'd been. And this was helpful because when following him, they saw a little patch where like some earth had very recently been dug up. He dug a burrow. 
That would have been good. He's just inside it. (laughs) Oops. But he dug it up and like crudely covered with leaves. It was quite obvious something had just been buried there. So when they uncovered it. No, it was actually a plastic bag with his loaded gun in there. Now the fact they put in a plastic bag, they thought not only have we got it, but he's been on some journey. He's left it there so we can come back for it. Yeah. So they were quite excited because they thought if we do this well and not alert people, we can catch him on his way back. So about only 300 yards from the house was the jizz sheet and the hairbrush. They just sort of like tried to hide them, but they just found it easily. So there wasn't much point cutting off the jizz sheet if you were just going to leave it on the floor next to the house. (laughs) He's the kind of guy you want to play hide and seek with if you don't want to play hide and seek. I found you. You're in the blanket fort. <laughs> yeah. So he, they then, when they followed it, kept following the footprints, they found this area of tyre tracks where the car had just been backed into this wooded area off the motorway. Um, and they obviously were like, right, there must be more stuff here. He was just dropping stuff left, right and centre. So we need to search this area clearly. But because they were hoping they'd catch him on his return journey, they didn't want to alert, make it obvious that the yeah. police were searching. So what they did, they staged an accident scene. No way. And they coned off just one lane because obviously they didn't want to stop all the traffic and like no. be rude. So they just coned off the slow lane. They then got... Um, a local repair yard to drag in a couple of bashed up cars yeah and then got an ambulance to just come and sit at the side so it looked like they'd been this accident and then the police wore green paramedic suits i mean as i'm reading i feel like maybe i've been gullible because it just seems so it's quite inventive isn't it over the top but i think because because it's been this series if it was one rapist you'd be like Something might have happened, but this is a series. They've got to get oh, this Oh, yeah, they've now. got... I mean, he's destroying lives. So there was obviously a lot of litter by the roadside. And the fox had just chucked some vital evidence there, thinking that it'll just... They won't find it amongst the rest of the crap. So one thing they found was a glove. It was a large, leathery glove with rabbit skin lining. And this immediately made sense to the police, because there had been traces of some animal fur found on the ropes used to bind some of his victims with which now they could link obviously from inside of these gloves yeah they also found his mask that he'd made it was clearly from some sort of overalls or boiler suit and it was like a trouser leg that tied with a knot at the top and then just cut two little eye holes and a little mouth hole like the kind of thing that you might wear for halloween if you've literally forgotten yes till the day exactly that so they then had a look at some of the like plants and vegetation that had been crushed in the reverse and took some back to the lab and they found a couple of specks of paint that were the size of pinheads on like a branch and then when they looked at it under a microscope it was obvious it was yellow And it was a very specific yellow called Harvest Yellow that was only used by this British Leyland car company, motor company. Wow. Really specific. Yeah. So then, once they'd done all this, the attack was reported in a newspaper. 
And following that, a lorry driver came forward saying that he'd actually been driving down the motorway and seen a car backing into the woods just off the hard shoulder and thought that's a bit fucking weird. Yeah. He said he couldn't really remember anything else. So the police offered to hypnotise him. <laughs> God, these police are pulling out all the stuff. Oh, right. Thinking outside the box. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't necessarily think it's hypnotising, like watch this, my pocket watch, and, but just like to do memory techniques. Yeah. And he was able to then recall details that it was an Austin Allegro car and that it was yellow. There's a lot of research to suggest that context has a big impact on memory. So um, the place where you learn something really, like the visual cues around you really impacts on how well you can remember things. So um, that's why, Jane, you know, when you go upstairs and you forget what you what you were looking for and then you go back down to the room you're in and then you remember it. So there's a lot of um, research to suggest that witnesses of a crime, there's certain techniques that you can use to get them to remember more. So for example, something called a cognitive interview where they get them to visualise being in the room and they just just describe what's going on in the room. But also they they can use things like telling the story backwards and then it makes you not focus so much on the narrative and more on what was happening. Really interesting. That is cool. Yeah. Wow. So maybe the the hypnotism sort of was more of the memory self being there. You're more likely to remember. Yeah, like what were you listening to on the radio yeah. that sort of stuff. That's it. Um. So shortly after this Brampton attack, the fox had continued his trip north, as there were then two attempted rapes reported in the County Durham area. In both cases, the victims had screamed, fought back, and he'd fled. So it was minimal damage, but still incredibly still traumatic. Terrifying, yeah. yeah, I mean, like my parents' house was broken into. No one was home, but my little brother, who was about 13 at the time, was the first to arrive home and saw the front door kicked in. And mm. it really did traumatise him because he then had to look around the house, not knowing if there was someone yes, there. I'd he, have got someone to go with me. And he didn't sleep for weeks because he just thought... He thought the house wasn't a safe place anymore. Yeah. yeah. And so to have, even to fight off your attacker, to know that in your bed at night, someone can come in. Yeah. Incredibly traumatizing. You go, it's because people can be quite flippant, aren't they? I'm home, this is my house. Yeah, or you didn't get murdered. Oh yeah, like I once once my door shut. I mean, I often forget to lock it because I think once yeah. the door shut, no one's come in. But yeah, I yeah, I'm totally flippant about security. But really, once that trust has been broken, I think you'd you'd suddenly see everything differently, which would be mm. really sad. So thankfully, we are coming to his last attack. It was the 9th of September. And it was around Milton Keynes. So just still back to his usual sort of area. And a woman again attacked by an intruder wearing a mask. And this time he'd used a knife because the police obviously got his fucking gun. Yeah. And she had been slightly injured when fighting him off, but had fought him off. So in total, there'd been around 3,000 different suspects for this because they didn't really have much to go on. And 70 people had been brought in for questioning throughout this investigation from April to September. So there were Detective Constable Hanks and Tompkins. They didn't really think much of it when they were asked to go check up on another potential suspect on the 11th of September. Like, we've done this hundreds of times. You'd think that the stutter would narrow it down a bit. Yeah, possibly. Unless he was putting it on. So what police had done, they'd asked... 
um, because it was in this area, this Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire area, they'd asked doctors, social workers, other sort of people that dentists where you'd have to register your arrival. They'd ask them, can you give us the names of anyone who's recently registered with you as moving to the area? And one doctor did give some names and they gave the name of this guy, Malcolm Fairley. He'd moved down from Sunderland and when police checked his background, it showed that he had a record of burglary and petty theft convictions. So he became a suspect now. So uh, since registering with this doctor, he then moved again to another rented place in Kentish Town, which is where the police now went to visit him. So when they arrived, as soon as they got to the address, they found him. He was outside, cleaning his car, uh, Harvest Yellow Austin Allegro. Surely the guy who saw him backing into the bushes would have been like, yeah, he's got a yellow car. I thought that you would have definitely recognised that. But then if it's night, everything looks grey. True. I also think it just shows that he's dumb. If you want to go raping, like, don't have a bright yellow car. Yeah. So they did. So they were but trying to be really be casual about. Fabulous, do have a break. Yeah. <laughs> so I think immediately they sort of thought this is very exciting, but yeah. they were trying to be really casual about it. He doesn't suspect anything. We need to play it off. So they were just chatting to him, wandering around the car. Noticed there were some scratches where he could have backed in. It still doesn't prove anything too much. Then one of them got quite clever. He saw that there was a watch lying on his dashboard that he'd taken off while he was washing and polishing his car. So he just said to him, oh, like, oh, do yourself a favour, just put that on because if someone sees it lying there, they're going to nick it. And then, like, trying to be matey-matey. So when Malcolm Fairley put the watch on, they clocked that, yeah, he's put it onto his right wrist. He's definitely the left-handed guy. Still could be circumstantial. So, again, they went and said they had another car there, a Ford Capri, I think. And they said, oh, do you mind if we just look in your boot? And so Malcolm thought it will be fine. There were no ropes. There were no weapons in there. What was in there was a set of blue overalls where one leg had been cut off. So now they knew they had their guy. if they take them, match them up to the mask they've got, him done so he was immediately arrested um so this malcolm fairley he was from this county durham sunderland area he was the youngest of nine children and he did have a speech impediment which made him incredibly shy he was very introverted and he was a small kid and he was bullied relentlessly through his whole time at school so when he left at 15, he hadn't done well. He hadn't been successful there. He had no friends. He was been having a horrendous time. He could barely read. He could barely write. Um, and it's thought that he probably, although there's no official learning difficulties thing, it's thought he probably had some sort of learning difficulties yeah. as well. He was often then in trouble for petty theft. He didn't really have any skills, so he was just on the rub. He'd been in and out of prison for much of his um, young adult life. Mm. Uh, When police searched his home afterwards, they also found that he had this large collection of pornographic films. At the time, lots of them were 
illegal. He'd imported them. Like, it was a big passion. They were really hardcore stuff, quite intense, like sadomasochism, BDSM stuff, which doesn't necessarily mean you're a rapist at all. But during his confession, um, Malcolm Fairley did say that he'd been when he'd started watching pornography he was inspired by some of the scenes that he'd seen and he wanted to act them out so that's caused problems there's been like a little campaign in the 80s because about the freedom of um what was it called like the freedom of like offensive content sort of stuff to like because a lot of pornography was illegal and they yeah. were using this case as an argument for why they should keep restrictions tight right. i mean obviously a lot of people it's like saying that if you listen to death metal, you're going to go and Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's relevant or not. I don't think there would be a strong connection for everyone generally, but I think this guy, he's got, he's not um, a bright spark. Mm. He's definitely got issues and he did admit, I wanted to do what I was seeing in the yeah. films. But I think that's because he's just more susceptible to... I guess it's that comment that makes it admissible in court because he's linked it to the crime there. Yeah. Um, And then obviously his small penis, he wanted to feel, it's this feeling of power. He knew that if he had a gun and did it, he could do the things, he could be those people. Did he have to prove in court he had a small penis? I don't think so. (sighs) So when charged with all the rapes, he said to officers that I'm quite glad because now I can actually get treatment. He just said that I can't help it. He said he felt a compulsion to go out and do these things. He was married. He'd been married twice. He was on his second wife. If he was compelled to have sex, he could do it. But he didn't, it wasn't about that. It was about being compelled to have, to scare people and to take from other people. And his defence lawyer commented that he never really seemed to understand the severity of his crimes. Like, he didn't really have a clear concept of what was wrong about it. Um, That's really weird, isn't it? Definitely That suggests sexual abuse, I'd say. Yeah, well, I mean, that would... Could maybe contribute to why he was so quiet and... But it's not an isolated excuse as a child. regardless. It's just... No. Unfortunate. So, um, his trial was held at St Albans Crown Court on the 26th of February 1985. He pled guilty to rape, indecent assault, which would have been the rape of the men, yeah. um, burglary with intent to rape and housebreaking. He was given six life sentences and a proper telling off by the judge. But I've seen online that it's thought he was released around 2012, he was released. possibly. I've only seen one thing in like a comment on a forum that said he was released. So I hope he was too old to do anything bad upon his release. If anyone else knows, let me know. Mm. Um, but the majority of the sources come from a forensic crime book that was written in the 80s. So obviously that doesn't give much. So like I said, a comment on a forum. But And I've looked in a couple of newspapers. I've not seen anything else about the release. So don't go panicking. Yeah. But do lock your windows and doors at night regardless <laughs> yeah just to be on the safe side i think that i think that's an interesting story not so much because because it's so brutal to listen to of his crimes but just the police work that they did yeah, they were heroes um so thanks for listening if you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com forward slash slaughter the podcast and thanks for the all of you who've signed up for that recently um you can 
uh, by merch at Threadless or Spreadshirt. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Slaughter the Pod, or just type in Slaughter with the apostrophe on Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. You if can... you like dogs and vegan food, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, you can vote for us in the British Podcast Awards. Um, we have been nominated for True Crime, and your votes don't count towards that. But if you type in British Podcast Awards vote, you can vote for us as well. Um, for the listeners choice award for the listeners choice award um and just carry on telling your friends about the podcast uh so thank you for listening i remember listening to slaughter doesn't make you a psycho building a blanket fort in someone else's house when there's no one else there to play with you is hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.